1: Hi and welcome back to The Walk. Uh, this is podcast number three and I'm in Futurskolan uh, in Stockholm uh, sitting with um, three students and uh, we are going to talk a little bit about what's happened so far. The Walk part one, Europe and uh, I've uh, enlisted it some help from the students here. They're going to ask a few questions to make sure we get all the interesting stuff in this podcast. And I'll uh, let them introduce themselves.
2: Hi, my name is Stellan Stevenson and I'm a student of maths and I enjoy and I'm quite uh, interested in his uh, new way of, his
3: new lifestyle. So
2: that's why I'm here.
3: Hi, I'm Miguel. I'm also a student here. And I'm just curious about the whole thing, so I have a lot of questions.
0: Uh, hello, <clears throat> my name is uh, Anders Passion, and I'm also a student here. Um, and, yeah, uh, hey. I'm, I'm mostly interested in this uh, as a photographer and as a collector
1: of life experiences, so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> generally what's happened so far is that on the 6th of May I uh, left my apartment uh, which was at that stage empty and I took my uh, my little wagon and I rolled south from Stockholm on my way towards Sydney and now 10 months later I've uh, covered a little bit more than 6,000 kilometres and I have reached Gibraltar where I... Uh, made a break, came back to Stockholm, worked for four weeks to make some money and intend to on Monday uh, catch a flight to Florida and continue on my journey across the United States of America and then onwards uh, into Southeast Asia down through Southeast Asia to Darwin in Australia and then head uh, through Australia and down towards Sydney. So far I had had only great experiences. I've met a lot of very, very interesting people, and uh, have seen a lot of uh, interesting sights, and generally just enjoyed myself. Uh, I've lost 14 kilos in weight, and I'm pretty healthy, so that, that's great, that's not bad. And um, I don't really know where, how to summarize this. I might, we might just start with some questions straight away to get the discussion going. What do you wonder about in my trip so far?
2: Was there a particular moment who uh, made you realize that this was something that you wanted to do? Um. Did it come... Sneaking up on you <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, yeah I, I think I've been very interested in uh, in minimalistic uh, in a minimalistic lifestyle for a long time uh, I think i've been interested in it ever since I was a teenager i haven't really ever done anything about it though so that that was mainly because of all my interests I mean if you're interested in uh, in in motorcycles and photography and uh, action sports and climbing, you end up with a lot of equipment and minimalistic lifestyles. Not really, doesn't really fit in all that well. Um, but as I got a, bit, a little bit older, and I, I sort of um, decided that I did want to try to do something a little bit different, and even if it didn't start off as a, an idea that I was going to walk to Sydney. In 2009, I decided to become much more minimalistic. Uh, That sort of started then because I was in a relationship that ended and I sort of wanted to do something a little bit different. And then the walk has sort of grown slowly from there. So I can't really say if there's one point there's always been a strong interest, but uh, it's slowly sort of evolved.
2: But you got some kind of power to change stuff when you ended that relationship. Sounds a little bit like like, now I got to do something or... Uh, a little bit. I mean, yeah. that,
1: that, that sort of pushes you sort of towards doing something. But I'm the sort of person that I've made a lot of changes in my life. A lot of times before, rather radical, big changes. So it's probably more that I've done the same thing for a while. I've been working as a teacher for, for um, five years or four years in, the, in one place, which is a long time for me. So the, the longest job I've ever held is, is uh, five and a half years. So uh, it was time for a change anyway. But that helped to push me along, definitely. Uh, what do you think?
0: Uh, what, what have been the, the biggest, what were you supposed to call it? I mean, revelation, perhaps, uh, along your journeys. Have you had any "Ah, now I get it" moments?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no, not not yet. No, no, but there's a, there's a fair ways to go, so maybe I will get, get to that, that sort of thing the, um, the revelation when I suddenly yeah. realize why everything is the way it is. Yeah. No, I haven't got there yet. Um, I, I've had a certain... Uh, a lot of really interesting moments, moments where I've really enjoyed what I'm doing, but I can't really say that I've had any sort of... Uh, epiphany. No, not, not yet, anyway. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, that would be very interesting. But, uh, yeah,
0: but because uh, I, I think it. Uh uh, when you meet the people talk to them who have done, done this uh, l- l- great physical journeys they often talk about like, uh, and then when I was at the top of that mountain I, I just realized and this will always
3: uh,
1: mm-hmm. follow there me for the rest of my life <laughs> or like um, that. there is actually one moment that I, that I remember that, that made a strong impact on me that right. I've actually talked about before and, and that is, uh, I it's a little bit strange, but when, when you're walking, because I've always been planning to walk all the way to Sydney, um, sort of steps along the way don't really become uh, such a big thing. I mean, when you think about it, say, if you were to just speak to one of your friends and say, oh, I walked to Gothenburg, yeah. they'd say, oh, wow, that's, that's huge, isn't it? I mean, yeah. how many people do you know that have walked to Gothenburg? But when I walked, got there to Gothenburg after three or four weeks, or whatever it took, I can't remember exactly. Uh, it was just a small part of the beginning of my journey, so I, I didn't really have a sense of having accomplished anything. No. And then after that I'd walked to, to, to um, Copenhagen, and then I'd walked to Hamburg, and then I'd walked to uh, Amsterdam, and then I'd walked to London. And I actually thought that by the time when I get to London, it'll have to be it should be a big. Uh, feeling of accomplishment. I, look, I've walked from Stockholm to London. I didn't really get that. No milestone feeling? Not not really. Uh. And then I and I, mean, I naturally continued down through um, through France and into Spain. And when I walked you know, I got to Bilbao, I thought, oh, this is going to be... Now I've really walked far. I've done something. <laughs> some 4,000 kilometers. But uh, it was okay. I mean, I appreciate it. But I still, <laughs> still not that sort of big feeling. And then I continued south and i walked uh, to pamploma and then for saragossa and then down to uh, i was uh, intending to spend uh, uh, christmas in in barcelona and just before i got to barcelona there's a town not 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 far from from barcelona and i i'd got to this town and it's on the the uh, mediterranean it's on the sea on the mediterranean sea and uh, I hadn't sort of seen it as a, as a goal in itself, and I think that's why I was, it sort of affected me, because as I walked through this town, I arrived there in the afternoon, and the, and the hostel, I'd found a cheap hostel to stay in, didn't open until five o'clock, so I had to spend a bit of time walking around with the cart through the town. And they had a main street, and I walked down the main street, and that sort of ended at a cliff, and on the other side of this cliff was the Mediterranean Sea. And I remember thinking, I rolled up and I looked and I stopped and I looked out and I thought, oh, oh, that that's the Mediterranean Sea. I've actually walked from Stockholm to the Mediterranean,
0: yeah. and then I
1: real I sort of realized that oh, I mean that's that's not bad. It's not a bad bit of walking, no. <laughs> and I, that was probably the first sense of a, accomplishment of, of having uh, achieved something. And I think that will sort of that'll be something I remember. So in a way, that's sort of an epiphany in its in itself. No. Apart from that, I've been rather surprised by, uh, and that, that's probably a fault with me. I should really appreciate being able to say that I walk to London, but I said, "Oh, that's only it's a tiny part of the whole thing." So, oh. you know.
0: do you think that is it's because your overall goal is so big? Yeah,
1: so. It's definitely the reason. Even if I. If I say to someone, oh I walk to Amsterdam, that's still only like one-eighth of the way I'm going to walk in total. So I don't really feel that I've gotten that far yet. Mm. How long time have you have the idea of doing this
3: walk? I mean, a long time did it take to crystallize it from idea to leave everything behind? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a very bold move to yeah. leave the security of the home and take the home
1: with you and... It started as an idea I think in the summer of 2011 Uh, and then I, uh, it was a crazy idea, I'd been working more and more at becoming minimalistic, I'd sold a lot of my stuff, I'd moved into a smaller apartment so I I was well on the way to getting rid of stuff and I was uh, a bit bored with my job, I wanted to do something different which is, as I said before, something that happens often with me Uh, and I sort of couldn't really decide what it was that i wanted to do do i want to go out and travel and maybe uh, do a photographic pro- project or work on that or do i uh, want to go to sydney which um, i haven't been to sydney for a long time so i've sort of really want to go there and if i go out and travel how long do i want to travel and uh, so all the organizations of what i'm going to do and then in a, in a sort of an inspirational moment i said well, what's the most minimalistic way to travel, make the travel last a long time, and get to Sydney? Do so you walk? Easy. <laughs> and the idea in the beginning, I sort of mentioned some people when we were out drinking in a pub. So, so that's sort of how it started. But even then, I think I took the idea reasonably seriously. And in, during uh, Christmas and New Year, I spent two, two weeks in, uh, in, in Cyprus where I sat down and actually planned how it might be possible to do this. And I, I did a project description, and I sent it to a lot of my friends and acquaintances and asked for some advice. if They thought it was a good idea and how I was going to do it. And that's when it's, I still started planning it seriously. How did your friends react when you first told them there that that night at the pub? Oh, the they initially? just laughed. They, they <laughs> thought it was just a joke. I mean, uh, they just laughed and laughed it off. And, I, and I, I don't think most of those people remember that I even said it at that stage. It was just a one-line answer. Yeah. But it uh, became a bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but you see yourself as a person who likes change, right?
1: Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, and not only like it, but we have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you Do you have anything to say to people who are interested in doing some similar change? How to encourage people to take that step? Or
1: yeah, I I, I think you have to sort of try to to uh, realize that, especially people like us living in Sweden. I mean, they're, they're, we can do a lot of stuff that isn't dangerous that we can go out and do and we can afford to do it without uh, sort of being dangerous in in, in any way, economically or physically or anything like that I think you just have to and and if you uh, find it difficult to start uh, my advice is to start slowly start with a two week trip somewhere and then go somewhere else for a month or two and then go somewhere else even longer you just sort of build it up and as you get more comfortable with travelling if the travelling in itself is what you want to do you just sort of, uh, sort of do it more and more mean just take it easy but the most important thing is to start i think that's where most people it's easy to think about something everything from photography to to whatever you want to do you think about it and you think about it and you think about it you have to start sometime if you're going to do it
0: well, and i think also a lot of people think that that first step that it has to be like huge or like a huge economical
1: investment or something like that i think that's a a problem that a lot of people uh, see is that they they make such big plans it's much easier to make small changes it's it's like when you want to create a new habit you don't sort of um, you shouldn't sort of get five new hard habits you you start with one small habit you change that and then you build onto that so it's the same sort of idea yeah
3: But this is a personal project for you. It's not a photography project. Or is it... Uh, I mean, you talked about minimalizing everything. And you talked about the camera, big camera, or the mobile phone. Yeah. Um, do you want to... I mean, with this recording, you want to leave uh, a trail of your work in the internet with the blog and everything. But do you have a
1: photography project also in mind? Or uh, now it's, it's something in between, I think. It definitely started out as a photography, but that was one of the four things I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Sydney, I wanted to travel, I wanted to travel to, to last a while, I wanted to be, try a minimalistic lifestyle, and I wanted to do a photography project they were the four four reasons that I've told people right from the beginning but as I have uh, travelled along I've actually started to realise that the photography part isn't as big a part of it as I thought it would be and I've uh, gone over more and more to photographing with my mobile phone and uh, less and less I've even uh, even sold my camera the original camera I started with Uh, now I have another camera but, but I've come to realize that uh, in the beginning I thought of it very much as a photographic project that was going to uh, become a book and a uh, maybe an exhibition. Now I'm not really sure what it's going to become and the photography has become less important in the whole The story itself. And maybe even things like this, sharing it with people and even sharing it as it happens has become more and more important.
2: As a part... <coughs> of oh, maybe your new lifestyle or to inspire people or why, why, is, uh, what's what drives you to share it?
1: Uh, it's definitely a part of my new lifestyle. Uh, I mean, I certainly have to to, to admit that the, uh, there is a certain extent of, of me trying to find a way to monetize it, to, to earn some money while I'm doing it and getting followers and people that are interested in what I'm doing is one way of doing it. And that was also one of the uh, reasons I wanted to... Be able to photograph stuff along the way, to be able to sell photos and stuff. Mm. So, but then it, it's also become an experiment in, in in this new sort of connected lifestyle that we're all living in, and the sort of like global community that we can all participate in. So, even though I see and hope that maybe I can can make a, a little bit of money from this project, it's sort of maybe not the the, the biggest the driving force anymore. You know. I don't really know how I'm going to, to be afford, able to afford to do it without making money. But we'll see. We'll see if we can organize something. Mm.
2: So it's right now it's turning more and more into your own personal development. That is the main focus. And the rest just has to has sort itself out.
1: Yeah. Being
2: ties down
1: yeah I think I have to say that that's it's very much that way and uh, but it's also at the same time uh, an exploration in a, a, a vagabonding lifestyle see if I can find a way to make money in that lifestyle as well so it's, it is I mean it is a, as a very personal experiment in in uh, minimalistic living and, and moving but it also an important experiment in how I can finance a, a continued lifestyle like that. Uh,
0: do, do you have any uh, special persons or books that uh, inspire you? Uh, this how to go about this vagabonding lifestyle? Are you? Yeah.
1: yeah well, the yes and no. Uh, to a certain extent, there's a, there is a, a book called uh, Vagabonding by. A, 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 a writer called uh, Rolf Potts, yeah. uh, which I didn't know. I didn't know about that book before I started this project. or before I started planning it, but I found it while I was planning it, and that's got a lot of inspiration of how to live a more uh, vagabonding lifestyle and even how to finance it. That, in conjunction with uh, uh, some of these uh, Timothy Ferris uh, four-hour books, yeah. and they're also sort of inspiration. Also, and I can't really name any specific, but there are a lot of photographers that are around that, that sort of uh, move around a lot and do a lot of different things. And they are an inspiration in, in some form anyway. So, yeah. But uh, exactly where it's going to lead and, and how I'm going to be able to remain a minimalistic vagabond and still earn money, we'll have to see. <laughs>
3: As a photographer, I think it would be a pity not to document
1: the journey. (laughs) And it's been interesting because uh, for you people listening, Miguel was the one who took the photo of me with uh, a big uh, Nikon camera with a telephoto lens, and in my other hand, I held my uh, mobile phone. Uh, And uh, it's it's rather strange because I posed the question on the blog... uh, What should I do? Which way should I go? Should I go ultra-minimalistic, or should I I concentrate on the quality of the photos and maybe bring a bit more um, equipment, larger equipment with me, and how important was it? And I've I've received a fair few comments and and private emails, and I've talked to a lot of people about it, and it's very interesting the way it's polarised between anybody who knows me as a photographer or is a photographer themselves... Mm all say that you have to have a better camera. And everybody who I have come in contact in another way say that, oh, it doesn't really matter. The pictures are good enough as they are. It's a story that's important. So it's very polarized. And everybody who is involved in photography naturally says that you need a good camera. And all everybody else says, it doesn't matter. So what do you think? Does it matter? I don't know. I mean... There is a saying that
3: the best camera is the one you have with you. So, yeah. I mean, if that camera is a mobile and makes it possible for you to continue the journey uh, without uh, breaking your back, then maybe you should have a
1: mobile yeah. only. Yeah. So. And, and I think it's maybe not the weight so much as, as the the complexity involved with everything—you have to have charges and batteries, and you need all this stuff, extra stuff, and you need a more powerful computer, and you need to store all the all the all the files. And most—I mean, if I if I was to take a slightly more advanced photography, I need to sort of uh, post-process it somehow. So uh, everything sort of it stats up. It makes the complexity a lot more uh, compared to uh, pressing the shutter on on the. Uh, the mobile phone, where I really can't do much or change much, and then sharing it immediately via Instagram.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's about uh, deciding what's more important: uh, the, the media production or the, the storytelling,
1: because they kind of get in the way of each other. I think they they do, and, and I, I think that's a problem we as photographers often have. Uh, that I can see that I I myself have sometimes is that. If I go somewhere, if I travel somewhere, do I travel there to travel and experience the place or do I travel there to photograph it? And that can really, really change uh, what you do when you are there and what you prioritize and how you enjoy when you're there as well. Getting up early in the morning to get the perfect light for that landscape shot might not be all that great if you were out drinking beer all the night before.
2: For me, being quite young and being quite active nightlife-wise, uh, for me the camera actually, that going up early in the morning and taking beautiful photos of landscape, that has, I feel that it enhances my life, that I see stuff that I didn't do before and um, that it takes me to places I didn't go before.
1: It forces you to do something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Because suddenly there is a reason more than going up because it's a beautiful sunrise. Uh, but actually, that could be enough. That could be enough. Yeah. But with the yeah. camera,
1: there's something it forces you to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Uh, at the same time as as uh, concentrating on the shot or getting the shot might. Uh, Make not, not live in the moment so you yeah, actually yeah. don't experience what's happening yeah so I think mean, it's both, probably both ways as you say yeah.
3: Yeah. Or, or maybe you're not enjoying the moment because you don't have a camera <laughs> <laughs> to save it yeah
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's true yeah, sometimes that happens <laughs> yeah yeah oh. uh, well, I can actually reveal now that, that no, I mean I haven't been uh, I haven't been able to decide what I'm going to do and uh, I actually uh, did a podcast with Bill or just uh, on Friday. And even at that stage, at that late stage, I hadn't really decided what I was going to do with with camera-wise. But now I have decided that I am going to have a uh, a large sensor advanced compact camera with me at least. So there will be some slightly better quality. That said, I still might... Uh, try to divide up the photography a little bit so that I actually will try to do as much as possible with the mobile camera, oh. and then use the other uh, the uh, the pictures from the, the the higher quality pictures for a for a longer project for the book or for the exhibition or, or for whatever comes afterwards. But for the immediate sharing, I might concentrate still, and I might we'll see what happens there. There might be a podcast or a website or something coming up with. Uh, uh, tips and tricks for mobile phone photography. We'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe we'll that's know. a way to 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 uh, earn some money.
0: <laughs> w- will you also save the post processing of the higher uh, quality shots for later? Then? No, I, I, will, I, I will have a laptop
1: with me, but okay. maybe not the best laptop. But oh. I will be photographing in in, in raw format, and oh. the raw files will be saved, so I can even if I post process and share. The better, the better shot as I go, which I which I definitely will. Okay. Uh, I'll always have the opportunity to, to backtrack and uh, and do it better later like yeah. on when I have the right equipment.
0: Uh, the, the reason I'm asking because i uh, kind of uh, recently found out I was am still experimenting with it, but there's a certain charm in uh, like just when you, especially when you're having a great experience that you have the camera with you and you. You you take the picture and then you enjoy the moment and, and then you kind of just let the raw file rest for a while and then you can you can face it later perhaps a couple of weeks or months or, or so later and then you, it can be like a like a new experience or or experiencing what what you saw. Yeah. All over again, so it can it, it can enhance the like the memory or the experience or whatever, and it also lets you be more more in the moment it's, instead of like I am experiencing something, and uh, then I, like I take a break for the day, and I I, I collect my I, I transfer my images from the camera, and then I do some post, post processing yeah. at least like in the yeah. raw format conversion yeah. or whatever. Then it kind of like just taking the picture is usually fun, but then it starts to feel like work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it sounds a little bit more like analog photography.
1: Yeah, I think that might be a good way to do it as to um, the material that I can share and show people. To, to I, I think it's important. I, I've really decided I want to, people to be a part of the journey as it happens, yeah. and that's something that's new. When I started this, this project, I wasn't thinking. I was very uh, classical in my, in my thinking in, in how I was going to share it. I was thinking that it was going to become a, a book. It was going to become a, maybe a, a more, an inspirational lecture series and, and possibly an exhibition. Everything that's shown after I had done this, But now I'm very much in exploring the opportunities of sharing it as it happens and getting people to be a part of it as it happens. Which is what I found with Instagram and, and and other possibilities of sharing, are, are very very interesting. Yeah. So maybe that's uh, a, a big difference. And actually, I'm sort of interested in hearing what you think about that. The the uh, the new possibilities of of um, people being a part of it, of sharing all the all the all the social media stuff. But how important is that in happening like this, do you think? Well, what pops up to my
2: head is about interaction is that I don't know how many people are following you right now and you're going to Fort Lauderdale on Sunday, but to try to get maybe invited by people or maybe like... If they can offer you a place to sleep for a night or to get people to actively interact with your travel, that would be quite quite interesting. And and, and maybe to have like a mini exhibition when you come to one of your goals, no. like a bigger city or whatever, you just plan something like that no. to... Yeah. Really, super minimal, also, yeah. but to make a happening also in real life, yeah. and keep on doing, and doing the, the, it, yeah. Instagram and everything else. But oh.
1: yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe maybe some sort of happenings along the way uh, that naturally. Uh, then I would have to meet people to be able to do it. Right? Oh. Like I can get connections as I go, but that uh, I definitely hope that will. Yeah, happen. If you, yeah, if if people know
2: your journey, maybe yeah. somebody can count to you. Hey, I heard yeah. you coming to this yeah. to our town. Yeah. We would like to do something. Maybe or... it, that is a
1: great idea. And if anybody's listening and they know I'm coming past them, just give me a shout out, and I'll be very very happy to come and visit you. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I think. The idea
3: of doing this is very like uh, romanticized, so I think a lot of people would like to do it, yeah. and hearing about it maybe makes them take a step yeah. towards that. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, uh, that is actually one of the things that i've I've found quite surprising uh, through the whole stage of doing this, uh, from planning to actually starting to do it and actually being on my way talking to people as I go is that nearly everybody I speak to, not everybody but most people, seem to have a, a yearning to do something similar to sort of leave everything and go out on a great adventure. Somehow we all sort of have that inside of us and we all want to do it and, but very few actually people actually do something like that so it's a little bit different it's, uh, and I am actually surprised by how many people uh, express that and that they actually do want to do it. So I'm, like, I'm very surprised that uh, nearly everybody does. No. Especially because there are so few, few people that are doing it. Yeah, <laughs> What do you call it? Wanderlust? Yeah, wanderlust, some sort of wanderlust. Yeah. Yeah. But, e- but even the, the minimalistic uh, thinking that uh, uh, not being bound by all your uh, your possessions and all the things that you have to look after. Right? Yeah. Um, Le- leaving all the, the musts yeah. behind, all yeah. the must-haves and must-dos. All your commitments, everything yeah. you're committed to having to do yeah. and being able to live more in the moment and uh, maybe plan a little bit less. Yeah, I'm, 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 A lot of people express that that's something that they would like to do. So, I don't
0: know. Yeah because okay, uh, I think it's when you, when you think about it for yourself, it's, uh, it's easy to just get stuck in, in all the, the, the problems that crops up along the way. I, I, oh, I could never do that because of, uh, oh, I, I could never, uh, I, w- I would never get that far because I'm so, or whatever. Uh, either it's some uh, materialistic reason, or it's something personal, uh, I don't, like, I, I, I don't have the guts, or I, I'm not social enough, or whatever.
1: I, I think there are a number of reasons. I mean, they can be even personal reasons. I mean, you, you, the lack of self-confidence to yeah. go out there and do it. And I also think uh, our society is very um, <laughs> based around commercial buying and selling. I mean, it's yeah. a very, very commercially-based so- society. And, I mean, you, you three guys, you're all going to become... Uh, world famous photographers, aren't you? <laughs> Which it means was, that uh, I mean, <laughs> it, photography uh, at a higher level is pretty equipment based. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I mean, I've, I've spent all day talking to you about what flashes you need and and what accessories you need for it to make to be able to do this and to be able to do that. So, I mean, it's, it sometimes can be difficult, to, and I think that's maybe one reason why people shy away from the, from minimalism, in a way. Uh, um, that they yeah, think see. that you have to get rid of everything, which isn't necessarily true. A, a, a true minimalistic lifestyle means that you just have the stuff that you need and use, not necessarily that you don't have anything. It's a big, there's a big yeah. difference there. So. Getting rid of the dead weight. The dead weight. So yeah. you can actually concentrate on what you want to do and buy that new flash. No. <laughs> <laughs> do it.
3: do but it! Going back to your question about uh, sharing on yeah. Instagram, I think, or having an g- exhibition, I, I think uh, one thing doesn't impede to do the other thing. No. I think they, are, you know, they complement each other
1: pretty well. well so. yeah. yeah, they naturally do. Yeah, like, Yeah, uh,
3: that's.
2: Mm. I meant not replacing one no, or the other, but... Know. Know.
1: Uh, my my thinking uh, along these lines have been a little bit how if I've, I've been exploring the possibilities of um, not having the exhibition, but but the uh, uh, the sharing as the project develops becomes the most important thing, yeah. and then if uh, there is an exhibition at the end, that's that's a plus or a bonus, that, uh, but that's not the main point. Whereas before that was the main point, and the sharing was something that I did anyway. But I'm definitely going over towards uh, sharing it now and then possibly without promising to I will have material to do something with it later yeah. well, but, but it, it's a very different mindset but, but I think
0: a uh, part of this is that uh, since uh, there's not a lot of people in the world doing things like this so I mean it's kind of like uh, you you yourself make up the rules as you yeah. go because you you're like you're a new territory here uh, both when it comes to uh, like being in this day and age because of course people have done great journeys before but not in in this day and age I mean the community uh, how information flows things like that it it has changed a lot Uh, and also I think you should consider that like your, your sharing along the way. Maybe that will be like the, the big thing for you, but it will also be a build-up, I think, for a lot of, uh, yeah. of other people. So, uh, I mean, your uh, uh, continuous sharing uh, will uh, will create some kind of um, yeah, hype you, or whatever. So, it's an so, uh, extended PR for the book. Yeah, yeah of <laughs> course. So, so, I mean... Uh, uh, even if uh, I think I think you're you're thinking along the right lines when you, th- you think that it shouldn't be a big thing for you that that exhibition or book or whatever at the end but it could be a pretty big thing for a lot of other people potentially speaking at yeah. least uh. yeah
1: <laughs> I mean I find it very interesting how uh, I tried to have a pretty clear view of what I wanted to do when I started and I can't say that my my sort of ambitions personally have changed but definitely how I go about sharing it has definitely changed a lot during this journey and continues to change backwards and forwards all the time Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) do you feel stressed
1: about sharing sometimes? Uh, yes yes I have Um, one or two times I've I've felt that uh, I uh, should sit down and write uh, uh, something for the blog and uh, I felt that maybe I haven't really felt inspired to write anything. and I felt that I have to do it so yeah definitely uh, there is this new podcast format uh, I think is going to make it easier to share in a more uh, spontaneous way um, and maybe get a lot more out there of what I'm thinking and uh, what's happening than, than sitting down and writing about it Uh, I don't know if that that'll be true or not, but I hope so. Especially in this this format where I've chosen, where it's not edited. What you get, what we record now is what goes out on the blog. So there's no sort of jingle and there's no uh, uh, cutting and editing or anything. It just goes out there the way it is. We should make it easy to share. Yeah. Any more questions? <laughs> we did really haven't talked much about anything but photography. It became a lot of photography yeah. and social media, but yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting <laughs> the way it's uh, it
3: develops. So that's fine. Do you think you have? Uh, I mean, now you have walked like yeah, six six thousand kilometers. Yeah. Is something that you need to have with you? I mean, like a um, sister, or have you found out that you
1: need something that? Uh, because I did a I did a test walk before I, I, I embarked on this, I had a pretty good idea of what I needed already. So my equipment needs haven't really changed, and what I've had with me has worked quite well, uh, apart from me or not deciding on how to do my photography, but that's another part. But yeah, actually, the equipment's worked well. Uh, I've been trying a few different shoes and a few different things, but generally the equipment has worked really, really well. So I I haven't had to change much there at all and I'm very glad that I've got the the Mule, my my cart that I can can use and I can sort of get my stuff around and um, I've got some good quality equipment, I've got my Houdini clothes and and stuff and it's sort of, yeah, it's worked quite well. Yeah, I was thinking about that, what kind of shoes are you using? all different sorts. Oh, uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I don't... Anybody out there want to sponsor me for shoes? I don't <laughs> have a shoe sponsor. Uh, but I have... Uh, I did have... Uh, I, I like Vibram Five Fingers, and they actually gave me a, a couple of pairs that I've used, and I've used different sorts of uh, Teva sandals and different sandals, and uh, I've used... Uh, I, I'm quite fond of Merrill Barefoot shoes. Uh, I did try a, a slightly... Um, more stable shoe like a, a, I actually had a pair of doc Martin boots that I wore out the soles in a month so yeah, that was a pretty poor investment so I've actually found that it's, it's better to have a not too expensive shoe but a good decent because I wear them I wear out a pair of shoes every month basically yeah. but equipment wise everything else has worked really really well
0: Right. So it's a good uh, opportunity if some shoe company
1: want to <laughs> test, test <laughs> out their shoes for durability or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. can be, I can be a, I can be a, a test walker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, either they can use me as a as a. Uh, to advertise that, look, this is the guy that walked across America in your shoes, or they can not advertise them. I can just test them for them, see if they work. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever, just bring it on. <laughs> Do you walk uh, nighttime or only on the days? It's difficult to walk it in the nighttime in most uh, most of the places where I've walked because I have to walk uh, on, on the roads, and it actually becomes quite dangerous at night time. Even if I, I mean I've got lights and I've got. Uh, uh, reflexes, I mean, but but still, um, it becomes quite dangerous to walk in the night times. So I have walked a few nights, but generally in Germany or in in the Netherlands, where there are good uh, biking paths and you don't have to share the path with the ordinary traffic, then then I actually like walking at night. It's quite it's, it's a very relaxing, very quiet, and it's, it's very nice. But along a normal road, it's uh, it's a lot it's a bit too dangerous so I have to be careful
0: yeah. uh, one of the things I know that a lot of people worry about when it comes to travel is uh, being a victim of some kind of crime or something what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I was naturally a little bit uh, uh, It's something I've naturally thought about anyway oh. uh, I've I mean I've travelled a fair bit before and I've never really had any major problems uh, so I I wasn't that worried about it no and after these 6,000 kilometers f- through or generally the whole of Europe, uh, I'm, I'm even less worried about it because I really haven't had any problems at all anywhere. It's been really, really people have been really, really nice and they've uh, been helpful and, and I haven't felt threatened anywhere at all. Uh, so, no. I, I, I mean, naturally, I said in some early interviews I did about the walk, I said that... Uh, I, I more or less expect to be robbed yeah. once or twice and, and as long as that's all that happens and I physically don't become, yeah. you know, become in any danger or, or get injured, well that's, that's part of it. Uh, but generally, I mean, uh, walking around uh, in Stockholm late at night is probably just as dangerous as, as anywhere else I've been, so. Yeah. But I don't. Really, I'm not really worried about that. You're probably
0: right. I was wondering uh, what your thoughts about it was because okay. uh, uh, when you talk with people, when you talk about when you talk with people who uh, have done extensive traveling, the, the the answer is usually kind of along the same lines. That that you, some uh, somewhere along somewhere along the way, you kind of realize that uh most people are are decent, yeah, it's just that uh, like we we are afraid of the things we we don't know yeah
1: so it's more about that than than any any action uh, yeah. i I've got a pretty optimistic view of, of humanity, and I think most people in general are are quite are good people, and uh, there's nothing that's happened in the walk so far thats sort of changed if anything I'm even more optimistic does
2: what I would say that my experience from traveling is that it actually makes you believe more in humans. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because peop- when you meet people, you have something to tell them that inspires them or whatever if, when you're traveling, and then it takes the best out of people, and they really friendly and inviting, and so yeah. It's it's nice if you don't believe that
1: much about humans. (laughs) You can go. (laughs) You can go for a walk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I I think that's uh, something that uh, a lot of people do wrong, or or, or actually something that being uh, exposing yourself to all these other people with all these strange cultures that do things in a different way uh, can be quite frightening, especially if you've never done anything like that before. And but I think doing it and getting the realisation that they are ordinary, decent people, that they just have a slightly different culture than than you have actually, will probably help world peace more than anything (laughs) else, uh, rather than sitting at home and uh, dividing the world up into us and them. Hmm. Have you had people walk along with you? Uh, A little bit, not much. I I have actually had... uh, the first day when I started here in Stockholm, my uh, my brother-in-law walked with me, uh, and he actually walked the first uh, day even on the test walk, so he sort of, he always walks the first day. <laughs> 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 so we'll see, see if he walks, uh, if, I, if I do any more projects he'll have to start. And then in in, in Gothenburg, there was a, uh, Anneli Anneli Vester, she's a she's, uh, oh, she's, a, she's a, a, a lady who, uh, Climbs up to high peaks and then camps there. She's a mountaineer, but she climbs up high peaks and she camps there for the night rather than just climb up and it's and that's finished. And she actually stays up there for the night. And she she's a very special person. And she I met her at at a um, uh, inspirational talk I gave when I was in Gothenburg, and, and she asked if she could walk a day with me, and she did, which was very nice. And uh, then in Actually, in France, I met a German guy. Uh, who uh, we we started up a, a conversation uh, at the campsite, and he he was there. He was in, in, in France for uh, three or four weeks for his holidays, and he was traveling around. So he actually decided to to walk with me. We walked together for four days. That was that was that was the first time I had any longer company. And from um, from Bordeaux to uh, to Biarritz, a one week walk. I had uh, my uh, one of my really good friends, Anna Maria, came down and she walked a week with me. So she actually flew down to Bordeaux and then walked with me to Berets and then flew home to Sweden from there. So and that that was interesting. It was a completely different thing to be two people walking rather than walking people. So, yeah. But apart from that, no. A lot of people have promised and said during the planning stages that they were going to come and walk with me, but it's easy to say.
0: I I think that uh, when you're traveling in some ways uh, it, I think you often feel like at least when you're thinking about it that you need more people for safety or comfort or whatever but in in some ways I think it's easier to travel when you're alone is that something you recognize or
1: uh, it's it's easy in a different way I think it's easy to get into contact with the with the with people, yeah. when you're alone, you're more open for con- to, with contact, and you're more open to speak to people. And uh, yeah, and I think it's easier for other people to approach you as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but at the same time, it's sometimes more comfortable to be two, and if you you stay in uh, hotels and stuff like, that, it's always cheaper to be two than to be one. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's plus and minus. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, have you have you had any doubts during the way? Like, no, this doesn't
1: work anymore. Or yeah. it, it, That's a good question. And it's a question I've had from a couple of people before. And surprisingly, yeah, I mean, I, I've been walking for four, nine months and I've walked more than 6,000 kilometers. And quite surprisingly, I can honestly say at no stage during that part did I ever feel that this was a silly thing to do or that <laughs> I would wish that I hadn't started or <coughs> like that. I have to admit that there have been days when I've been walking and it's been pissing down rain and it's been cold and I've been walking along a main highway and I've sort of thought, ah, oh, maybe I should have stayed in a hotel today. But I've never ever felt that I wouldn't want to do the complete journey, no, you don't which is to. just as well as I, cause I've got a, a little bit ways to go yet. Yeah. Nice to hear. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to add or ask while we're here? Uh, I was thinking about trails.
3: I mean, you mentioned that there are lots of freeways that you have to walk and yeah. the cars, but uh, I mean, in Europe, I don't, I mean, in Spain, you have the Camino to, Camino to Santiago, but
1: I don't know how it is in the rest of... The problem is that I've got my car, my, my mule. Uh, yeah which actually limits me in some ways and then one of the ways it limits me is that I can't go into off-road trails I have to have, I mean I have to be able to roll this along uh, and that is sometimes a bit of a uh, yeah well that's the only bad thing about the car and uh, so there are have been some situations where it would have been easier just to have a backpack and go off-road and then there are a lot of trails one can walk and uh, but I am very interested in in, in seeing the, all the cultural differences and seeing all the cities and, and towns along the way. So walking along the roads have been, has been quite good. I, I try to choose small roads, but it's not always possible. Do you have a map with you? Uh, no, I, I haven't had a, a map at, one, at any stage. I've uh, navigated via Google Maps along the way. All so everything's gone via the mobile phone, via Google Maps. And once or twice I've picked up a, a free map of uh, tourist information. And that's it. And uh, because of the way I've been traveling and, <coughs> and not planning anything, basically, uh, I often wake up in the morning and don't really know where I'm going to be later on that night. Uh uh, it's it's worked out quite well, and I can sort of just try to choose the best route for the day and, and see where I end up. Uh, I seldom know more than a day or two in advance where I'm going to be. So. Do, do you sometimes
0: uh, stay for a while, and if you find a nice place?
1: Yeah, I've stayed for a couple, couple of uh, cities in 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 uh, in in Hamburg and in in um, London and in Amsterdam and in Biarritz. I've stayed for a while, and uh and also in some of the other places I stay for a night or two. I try to keep a, a basic. Uh, it's not a hard and fast rule, but some I try to walk six days and have one day rest. Okay. But uh, sometimes I walk for fourteen days and have three days rest, or something. It varies a bit. Mm. But you need a rest period. It's not. And uh, by average, something like thirty kilometres a day, and and it's good to have a rest day at least once a week. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I want to see and, and experience the things I I'm, I travel past this
0: world, so. Yeah, uh, but uh, some days, can you, like, Yes, if you, like, maybe you, you find a nice beach or something, do you stay there for an hour or
1: two, yes? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like
1: I yeah, I can stop and, and maybe uh, it, hasn't, it hasn't been much swimming, but I suppose potentially could go for a swim <laughs> yeah. uh, or have a long lunch, extended lunch, or sometimes have a lay down and just relax. Yeah, definitely. I've done that oh. in, uh, in a lot of different places, you know, when I found the right place. Yeah. So you kind, of, uh,
0: you kind of, you kind of, just, it, it, it happens as it, uh, it yeah. happens.
1: It happens as it happens. And if I find a nice place where that I can slow down and enjoy, I'll. I tried to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. should we call that a day? I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's quite interesting. Uh, we I, I envisage this as being more a talk about the walk, the project itself, and how the trip through Europe has, has been, and it turned out to be more a talk about photography and uh, social media and uh, maybe exploring other cultures or something like that, <laughs> which is great. That's good, they're all interesting stuff. But uh thank you all for helping me with this. Uh, I'll get this out on the uh, uh on the website as soon as possible. And uh for everybody else that's listening, stay tuned and there'll be a lot more information up on the website because on Monday I hop on a plane and fly to sunny Florida. Yay! <laughs> yeah.